Welcome to a new episode of the Sunday Sauce. I'm here with Justin Olson from Arizona, who is running for senator. He already served in the House of Representatives. Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. It's a pleasure to be here. Justin, tell us why you're stepping up to uh, run for senator. And it's a very loaded uh, race to get to the primary I saw. I did some research. It is. Yeah, it's a crowded field. But, you know, that's why I'm running is because I look at this field and I don't see the candidate that can beat Mark Kelly. And it's absolutely critical that Arizona be represented by someone who stands for Arizona values like individual freedom and low taxes, economic growth, secure borders, the right to life and the Second Amendment. I'm the only candidate in this race that has a proven conservative record of success on each of these issues. And that's why I'm running. So that I can beat Mark Kelly and I can reduce the size and the scope and the reach of the federal government and get back to the principles established in our Constitution that made our country great. Right. See, now you're the first um, candidate I'm actually talking to from a border state. So do you live close to the border in Arizona or, I, you know, I've never been to Arizona. So if you tell me a town, I, I really wouldn't know if it's close to the border or not. So. You know. yeah, I'm not far from the border. Uh, and so everybody across the state has seen the impacts of the chaos that the Biden administration has allowed to occur at the border. I was recently down at the border and just saw the, the impact uh, that the trafficking of both humans and, and illegal substances that are killing Americans is having on our state and on our country. It's an absolute disaster. And, and in fact, it's a humanitarian crisis. I mean, Biden has allowed this chaos that's given the drug cartels cover to increase the amount of fentanyl that they're bringing into our countries that are killing Americans. And meanwhile, he's enticing the immigrants themselves to put themselves in harm's way and worse yet to put their young children, their infants in harm's way. It breaks my heart to see these infants being dropped over the border wall and abandoned by smugglers in the desert. This is something that should not be happening in the United States of America. Right. It's it's actually disgusting and vile. Um, I had this conversation with a candidate in New Jersey who's actually running for uh, Congress, um, you know, and I watched Joe Biden speak the other day. And it's actually watching like a senile, demented old person. Not one person asked about our border. It was all about Ukraine's borders. And he keeps saying Ukraine's borders are vital to America. What? I don't understand why why is Ukraine vital to America? It, it's not. Ukraine doesn't give us anything. It doesn't do anything for America. They don't even have a legitimate army. They have to train their citizens to fight for their country. So for free, like they don't even pay them. It's, it's, it's very, I'm very confused. What, what is the deal with Ukraine? Why are we so focused on Ukraine? Yeah, there's so much hypocrisy and inconsistency. You know, I mean, you talk about these borders in foreign countries, but he neglects the border of the United States of America. He won't even show up and see what's happening because of his failed policies, the inhumane conditions that immigrants find themselves in. They've been dehydrated in the desert. Folks have died crossing the border. They're subjected to abuses by the coyotes that are trafficking them. And, and then we're creating this cover for the drug cartels that are trafficking substances that are killing Americans. And he don't, doesn't even take the time to come down and see the damage that's being inflicted on our country because of his failed policies. 
Right. So that's another thing. Joe Biden doesn't even go to the border. <laughs> so neither does Kamala, Kamala Harris. Um, she's like on the back of a milk carton, her picture missing because she doesn't even go to the border. She claims she goes to the border. She just tells people, don't come. That's her. That's the best defense she has. And um, <laughs> I mean, are we living in a dream right now? I don't, oh my I don't gosh, know what's going on here. It's so, so <laughs> frustrating. You know, and then she says, look, I'm going to solve this problem. You know what? The solutions are simple. This isn't rocket science. You know, I mean, President Trump demonstrated that the remain in Mexico policy is extraordinarily effective at decreasing that draw of illegal immigration from folks who are coming here to claim asylum. And then they're released into the interior. They've got what they're after. They don't show up for their court date. And so he put in place a, a policy. If you want to make a claim for asylum, great. But you've got to do it in your country of origin. You've got to do it in Mexico or, 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 or some other country. You can't do it after crossing the border illegally. And that was extraordinarily effective. And what did Biden do when he got into office? He immediately reversed this policy. And we've seen the chaos that's occurred. A 341% increase in the arrests of criminals by the border patrol. I mean, this in this year alone, it's absolutely unbelievable. A 141% increase in fentanyl that's being trafficked across our border. And Kamala is saying that she's gonna solve the problem. Well, reinstate the remain in Mexico policy, finish the wall, properly fund the border patrol, put in place an e-verify requirement for employers. These are simple common sense solutions. And if we were to enact these immediately, we would have operational control of the border. We would eliminate this humanitarian crisis that's occurring. We would protect American communities. And then we would be able to stop the criminal element that's coming across the border and trafficking in these substances because the border patrol would not be overwhelmed by this influx of folks who are coming here seeking employment and asylum. Correct. And what people don't understand is it's not only... Um... Spanish uh, criminal element where there's also terrorists who are like, uh, you know, Muslim extremists who are trying to sneak through our border. And uh, a lot of people don't understand that Border Patrol stops a lot of these guys every day. It's just not reported. You're absolutely right. Uh, there, there are folks who seek to do harm to Americans and the Border Patrol is overwhelmed by processing these folks who are coming here making claims for asylum. And so we've got to put an end to that, get operational control of the border so that the law enforcement can focus on these folks who are trying to do real harm to Americans. Yeah. And now, you, you know, I want to touch on a few things you actually said prior. Um, the fentanyl, you know, I live in um, New York City, right? I live in Brooklyn, but uh, in Manhattan, they're doing legal injection sites here. Can you imagine oh Mayor gosh. de Blasio's last gift to New York City citizens before he left? After his disastrous eight years, I, I think like he is probably the worst governor, um, the worst mayor ever in the history of of the United States. I don't think there would there is a worse mayor that I can think of ever. Maybe like Lori Lightfoot, maybe like the second because of the murders in Chicago, but right. she hasn't been there for eight years yet, and exactly. I highly doubt she will be there for eight years. But he just ruined the city legal drug injections you can do angel dust you can do whatever you want and, it's unbelievable um, yeah it's absolutely unreal you know and that's the lawlessness that the left has embraced you know they cry to defund the police while we've got these protests these so-called peaceful protests where 
rioters are, are burning communities. You know what? We've got to back the blue. We've got to have common sense law enforcement. We've got to have appropriate control of our borders so that we can stop these substances from coming in that are extraordinarily harmful. I was talking to a law enforcement individual who said that you know, an officer was inspecting a, a vehicle and opened up a small vial and just the dust that went airborne mm. in the aerosols from this fentanyl was enough to make him pass out. Right. Fortunately, the first responders carry the, the appropriate treatments uh, and he received it quickly and he's, his life was saved by that. But that's how dangerous these substances are. And so, they're coming into our communities and they're killing Americans and it's got to be stopped. Well, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Um, I was, I'm a former FDNY EMT and the paramedics that uh, we work with carry fentanyl in micrograms for pain and they have to call a doctor to get authorization. We're talking micrograms, not milligrams, micrograms just to give someone first. Like we're talking excruciating pain if you're hit by a train, hit by a car. So if anybody is just dosing this by themselves, they're in serious, serious trouble. Exactly. The, yeah. the, the doses are so small that you can overdose so easily and so quickly and it's so dangerous. Yeah. So uh, people don't understand, like, you know, it's not the old days where, um, you know, heroin, I'm not saying it was good to do heroin, but where heroin right. was coming from, uh, you know, Vietnam and it was pure and not, and cut with like baking soda and, you know, baking soda is not going to kill you, but uh you know, fentanyl is right. a whole nother game and it's coming from China, which exactly. is, <laughs> which is the craziest thing. Not only do we get COVID from China, we get fentanyl, which is uh, pretty nuts, you know? So, right. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so upsetting. So frustrating. So it's, many, it's very crazy. Yeah. So many disasters from the Biden administration. We've got to change course. We've got to have folks in the Senate who are going to stand up and say, stop, you know, we've got to go in a different direction. So what now this Mark Kelly fellow, I couldn't really find, I know this is his first term, right? right. Um, are, do you think, are people, when you talk to them, are they, are they, did he do any wrongdoings? Like, I know it's his first term. Uh, is he like, was he all for about Biden? Is he a moderate? Is he a far leftist? What can you tell me about Mark Kelly? Cause I really couldn't find much about him. Yeah. You know, it's funny you'd say that because a lot of folks can't find much about him. You know, a lot of folks have been asking, where is Mark Kelly? Yeah. When, when Joe Biden was in his basement during the campaign, you know, <laughs> but, but honestly, he's been a rubber stamp for the Biden administration. You know, just two days ago, I believe this week, he announced that he was going to support repealing, blowing up the filibuster, you know, years of tradition in the Senate where the filibuster requires folks to, to ensure that the policies that are being passed by the Senate are supported by a majority, a, a strong majority of the Senate. And he wants to blow up that tradition and that history and that protection for Americans and Arizonans specifically in order to pass the, the Freedom to Cheat Act. You know, it's just unbelievable. You know, what we need are voter verification, voter ID verification requirements by the states. And this bill will repeal those. And that's what he's blowing up the filibuster in order to accomplish. But not only did he vote for that, he voted to allow critical race theory to be taught in our schools. He's voted to enact major components of the green bad deal, a destructive piece of legislation that will destroy a hardworking Americans' abilities to provide for their families. He even voted for direct taxpayer funding for abortion. Wow. I mean, even folks who aren't pro-life don't think that you and I should be compelled to 
finance to subsidize the no. ending of the life of the most vulnerable among us. These are extreme positions. They're out of step with mainstream America and not in touch with Arizona voters. Right. That's uh, that's very left extreme. Um, yeah. See, the whole voter ID, I don't understand what, pe- what people are up in arms about. I mean, I need to give you an uh, people ID to buy alcohol, to buy, well, I don't smoke, but if I smoked, I would need to buy cigarettes with an ID. Um, I have to give yeah. you an ID to do most anything in this country, actually. Um, I mean, when I get pulled over by a police officer, ID. So why can't voting um, personnel need to check who I am to right. vote? I mean, no, it, 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 it's so inconsistent. You know, I get back to those inconsistencies of the left, you know, the hypocrisies. You know, I, I understand there in New York, don't you have to show a vaccine passport to oh, enter a restaurant? It's it's the things we have to do here. Yeah. So I just posted something actually on my Instagram. Um, I'll actually follow you after this. Uh, the Eric Adams, the new mayor here, who claims he's a moderate because, you know, he, he was a police officer for 30 years almost. He's not a moderate. He's he's a fucking leftist. So let's just get that out of the way. He uh, goes to a Nick game, 20,000 people. You know, everyone's vaccinated, doesn't wear a mask. Then he has the audacity to go meet with Lori Lightfoot and a couple other mayors, wear a mask, say, take after me, wear a mask, wow. put some masks on three-year-olds. Like, do you believe the balls on this guy? Like, seriously. Uh, it's, un- it's unreal. You know, and then they require uh, the vaccine passport if you're going to enter the Anywhere. country at a port of entry. Yeah. But if yeah. you cross illegally, well, then that's not a problem at all. I mean, it's just it's just insane. You know, and getting back to the elections, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've got to protect the integrity of our elections. You know, I mean, there's nothing more important. You know, if you've got to show an ID for, for so many different uh, regular transactions throughout yes. the daily credit card. life. A credit, credit card, card transactions, I mean, which is to like protect the, the sanctity of our uh, of our democracy. <laughs> right. I mean, this is common sense. And it's overwhelmingly supported by the American people. You know, and, and that's what Mark Kelly and the radical left in Washington, D.C. are voting to eliminate these common sense proposals that require folks to show an ID in order to cast a ballot. Because frankly, there's only one reason why they would want to repeal that, to make it easier to cheat. You know, we want policies in place that make it easy to vote and hard to cheat so we can have confidence in the outcome of our elections. Yes. um, Listen, honestly, I, I believe there was some pockets of people cheating and harvesting ballots and throwing ballots out during the 2020 election. But I'm not one of these crazy conspiracy theorists that think like, all right, you know, if there was so much cheating going on that Trump should have won that election. I mean, you know, that's that's not what happened. But there, there, there is things that did happen in 2020. There's videos, but there's not that much. There wasn't that much of it going on that would have overturned the election. That's that's my opinion. I don't know what yeah. you think about that. No, I think that's a fair opinion. And I think that uh, what's important is that we have confidence in the outcome of the election. And that's why I think voter ID verification requirements are so important. You know, here in Arizona, we did see a lot of ballot harvesting. You know, I actually voted in the state legislature to ban ballot harvesting, but yet folks broke that law. And the folks who were in a position to do something about it did nothing. And so that's why I think putting in place a mandatory voter identification uh, verification requirement uh, can build that confidence so that we can know that every vote that's included in the count was cast by a legitimate voter. But why does it always go back to rate? Why do the Democrats always have to do? What does voter ID have to do with race? 
every every legal citizen in this country has an ID. So what, whether it's a driver's license or just a photo ID. So what right. does race have to do with it? Whether you're black, white, Chinese, doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter. Asking for an ID to vote. So, which actually brings me to a point here in New York City. You want to talk about race. Um, the number one uh, ethnicity here in the city that doesn't want to get vaccinated is actually African-American. So do you want to talk about race? Mayor de Blasio is discriminating against what? Well, well, he's gone now, was discriminating against the African-Americans in New York City because he wasn't letting them live their lives because he was forcing right. them to get vaccinated. So let's exactly. let's talk about race, uh, Mayor de Blasio and Democrats. Like, uh, I don't understand. They, they want to talk about race. It's 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 the craziest thing. Absolutely. I, I find it extremely uh, offensive and, and patronizing that folks would say that a, a, a voter ID mandate uh, is somehow uh, uh, discriminatory towards any particular race. Uh, that indicates that that though the radical left has that view that it is too difficult for any particular population to have an ID. And that's just not the case. Uh, these policies are overwhelming, overwhelmingly supported by all segments of society. And so it's, it's absolutely just a political ploy that they're trying to drive in order to win their policy that is a flawed policy. Again, right. we right. just need to have secure elections and confidence in the outcome. And that's what these requirements, these common sense requirements do. So when in, in Arizona, you guys are pretty open with the COBRA, right? There's no mandates going on right now. Right. We've been been very open. You know, on the Corporation Commission that I serve on right now as a statewide elected official, I passed a rule that prohibited any of the corporations that are under the jurisdiction of the commission from complying with the Biden vaccine mandate. I found it 100 percent unconstitutional even before the Supreme Court ruled. And we passed this rule. We said, look, we're going to tell the Biden administration and his unconstitutional mandate to pound sand. You know, and that's been overwhelmingly supported here in Arizona. Folks don't want intrusive government policies. They want to be left alone. They want to be free to make their own decisions about their health and about pursuing their own happiness. I mean, that's what our country was founded on. That's the principle that we need to get back to. Exactly. And I love that. I wish I New York State was like that. I mean, we have an attorney general who wants to sue the police department for doing their job. You know, like it's, it's the, you know, this is this kind of state we live in. We don't have it. Right. We don't have any, anybody that stands up for anything right in our state. So <laughs> I, I can imagine that must be so frustrating. It's, it's the craziest thing. Right. We live in a backward state here. Right. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So, but the COVID thing here, it's so crazy. I just interviewed uh, a city councilman, uh, Joe Borelli, a couple of weeks ago. Another parting gift from Mary de Blasio. He was withholding life-saving treatment and COVID tests to um, affluent neighborhoods because based on race again, because everything is based oh on gosh. race with Mayor de Blasio. So um, Joe Borelli actually uncovered emails from Mayor de Blasio to the Department of Health saying that Staten Island, which is actually parts of Staten Island are very um, poor. They're not all after. Sure. So right. um, and parts of Queens as well, where he was withholding it are also very poor. Uh, he was withholding them, those neighborhoods, tests, life-saving things for COVID because he thought that um, other neighborhoods to, you know, low-income families, which is ridiculous because COVID is not uh, 
doesn't discriminate. It's a disease. Exactly. Everyone gets COVID. It's not like sickle cell disease, which is obviously only prominent in African-Americans. COVID is a disease, which is it's everybody. So you right. know, yet again, uh, progressive leftist Marxist basing everything on race and putting people's lives at risk. Exactly. No, it's been it's been so frustrating. You know, and so many flaws that uh, have come to light, both in in government and in the administration, of the the policies that are issued by the government. And you know, again, it's like the the government gets involved, and it takes a problem from bad to worse. You know, it reminds me of what Ronald Reagan said when he said, "In this current crisis, government is not the solution to the problem. Government is the problem." You know, I mean, government mandated folks to stay home uh, and not go to work and created a, a supply crisis, a supply chain crisis, a labor shortage. And then what did they do? Well, they 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 then spiked demand by issuing uh, stimulus checks. They created runaway inflation and, 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 and exacerbated the problem. You know, we've just got to get the government out of the way and let the private sector do its thing, grow the economy, allow folks to get back to work and eliminate this runaway inflation that is evaporating our earnings, our savings and our retirements. Yeah. And, you know, this current administration, I mean, can you imagine if Donald Trump did half the things this administration is doing? Like, right. What? He would be impeached every day. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, to, to just print money like there are no consequences. You know, I mean, I've seen some reports where the price of gasoline is up 58%. The price of meat and eggs are up nearly 30%. We've got a 39-year record high inflation rate. Inflation hit 7%. I mean, these are rates of inflation that we've not seen since just a couple of years after the Jimmy Carter administration with stagflation. I mean, it's just absolutely it, it, it's so upsetting. And, and then what does the government or the administration say? Well, well, these inflation rates are, are transitory. Oh, oh, give me a break. I was just going to say anybody that. anybody believe that? You no, ripped words right out of my mouth. I was right. so sick and tired of hearing that. I've actually, um, I just uh, said last week, um, somebody had a, uh, no, it wasn't last week. I'm sorry, last year. Somebody said from, he was like a financial guy from the, uh, from the Fed. He was like a, an analyst, the top analyst in the world. He's like, I'm warning you. And he's a, Dem- he's a liberal. He's not a Republican. He said, I'm warning you all these stimulus checks, this, this inflation will not be transitory. It's going to be permanent. And everyone told him he's wrong. He, he's just, he's a Republican spy, this and that. And guess what? Here we are. 40% inflation. Thank you. Right. And Here we are. It. It. No, yeah. it's absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. You've got a supply chain crisis, a shock to supply and they stimulate demand and exacerbate the problem. I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, and so I'm, now we're, we're, we're all looking at uh, evaporation of, of our wealth. We've got to get back to fiscal responsibility. We've got to get to balanced budgets. We've got to enact low taxes and decrease regulation to allow the private right. sector to flourish. You know, that's what I focused on in the state legislature. I I came into the legislature at a time when we had a budget crisis. We had a $3.6 billion budget deficit. Folks didn't think we could balance the budget. And I ran on a platform saying, look, we've got to do what's right. We've got to do what the uh, Arizona voters expect of us and balance our budget and do it without raising taxes with no new debt and no budget gimmicks. And I delivered on that promise. We balanced the budget. We got the economy rolling again by reducing the income tax and we got Arizonans back to work. That's what we need at a national level. 
everybody needs to get back to work. No more free stuff. No more exactly. this and that. That's how you make the economy better. I mean, I'm looking at an oil chart right now, crude oil, right? I mean, New Yorkers, they don't care about gas prices because I drive, I care. But most New Yorkers, they take the subway, they take the buses. So they don't even pay attention to stuff. I know Arizona people, you guys drive all over the place. So right. in February 21, oil looked like it was about $55 a gallon. And um, in right now, in this January 2022, it was 80, it's $85 a gallon. Yeah, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. That you is know, insane. I, and and it's driven by Biden's failed policies. You know, he came into office, he shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, destroyed jobs for hardworking wage earners that were building the pipeline. He stopped allowing drilling on public lands, and he drove up the price of gasoline here in America. We were energy independent for the first time in centuries. We were exporting our oil. And now, once again, we're relying on oil imports from countries that don't have American interest at, 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 at the top of their uh, level of interest. You know, they seek to do harm to right. America. And that's who we're enriching by importing oil from those countries. Right, right. It's it's the craziest thing. I mean, the whole the whole pipeline nonsense was uh, was just pretty crazy. I mean, um, <laughs> shutting down a pipeline <laughs> oh, and, then, and then begging people. <laughs> To, to to give us oil <laughs> like other countries right. what is that <laughs> oh, it, it's it's so insane you know we need to get back to uh, principles that put america's interests first you know i mean that's what trump did so well he said look when it comes to foreign policy when it comes to trade when it comes to our, our department of defense Every policy decision that we make as a country should come from the perspective of what is in America's best interest, you know, and that should always be the approach of our elected officials. That's what they're there to do is protect the interests of the United States of America. Right. So, Justin, how how do you win this primary and where do you go from there? Yeah, great question. You know, I, I I win this primary because I'm the only candidate in the race with a proven conservative record. You know, in the state legislature, I, I cut income taxes. I defunded Planned Parenthood. I defunded Obamacare. I funded the border strike force. I got a 100% pro-life voting record, an A rating from the National Rifle Association. And there's no other candidate in this race with this proven record of conservative successes. And that's the, the record that can energize the base, that can lead me to victory in the primary election. But it's also the record that can be successful in the general election because I've won statewide election in a challenging year. In 2018, four out of our nine statewide Republican candidates fell short. But I was successful. And I was successful even when Tom Steyer spent $4 million supporting my Democrat opponent. I spent a little over $150,000 to say I was dramatically outspent is an understatement. Yeah. And I was able to appeal to the general election voters because they saw in me someone who is an earnest seeker of the best interest of Americans and of Arizonans. And that's what I'm going to do in the United States Senate. And that's why I can win this primary. I can beat Mark Kelly because I stand for the principles and values that made our country great that are consistent with Arizona voters. Where do we find you and how do we help you? Yeah, my website is votejustinolson.com. And of course, your audience may not be able to vote in the Arizona election, but 
everybody can support the campaign because this is ground zero for winning back Republican control of the Senate. So log on to the website. And if your audience members can donate $10, $5, $20, whatever they can do to help us get this message out, this message of protecting Americans, securing our borders, protecting the integrity of our elections and strengthening the economy. We can get the message out. We can win in the primary and we can defeat Mark Kelly and win back Republican control of the Senate. Wow. Justin, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time. And I really hope that you win and you turn Arizona around because, you know, the border is in trouble. Everything's in trouble down there. And you sound like the type of guy who really cares. I know you've been there. Your family's been there for generations. So I know you really care about Arizona. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, Michael. It's been a pleasure visiting with you. And together we can get this done. We can save our country. Thank you, Justin.